Tom Bernard Show with Catherine Brandt. Tevin Pittman. Andy Brandt Bernard. Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. Charlie Serafin will join us. One Stupid Mistake, Smart Decision Making in a Crazy World. That's the book. Charlie's up next. Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. How do you pick your music every day? That's like what I'd like to know. I don't know. Just whatever pops just in kinda, my head. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Charlie, ready to go? Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. Charlie Serafin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I, I love your I love your spots, I have to say. The commercials? Mm. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Charlie, that's good news because that's how, how the money comes in. 
So that's really good. News. If you'd like to speak to our marketing department, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we could create an advertising campaign. <laughs> Charlie Serafin, one stupid mistake, smart decision making in a crazy world. Uh, nearly all bad decisions are preventable. Just stop drinking. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> it could. Just kidding. Well, actually, well, it, it does. That, that's the chapter. Yeah. Well, there you <laughs> is go. Is it really? <laughs> Whoops. The yeah, chapter I, is Charlie, called One I, Stupid Mistake in a Bottle. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, well, it makes complete sense to me. Not that I ever did it back when no, I used to drink, no, Charlie, no. but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> God. Um, what, are people now making more bad decisions than ever before, or is it, does it just seem that way, Charlie? I think they are. I do, too. I, I think it's uh, a function of the speed at which we think we're functioning. Yeah, and you know that's a very, very good point. It, the, the speed changed, so now everything has changed about uh, about life. They there was just an article yesterday that I was reading online about the fact that the world is so fast now because of digital and social media and all the rest of it. The world is so fast with reactions being immediate that people are losing their personalities. Okay. They're losing focus. They just Everything happens so fast now, they don't have time to think it through. So I think your book's coming out at, at, at really, a really good time. Uh, smart decision-making in a crazy world. Would one of your top tips be slow down? Absolutely. And uh, yeah. I think it's, it's more than just snow, slowing down. It's spend a little time outside. Get out into the fresh air. Yeah. Go for a walk in the woods. And uh, even if you're freezing your butt off... It, it does wonders for your brain. I read a report recently that said that natural silence is our most threatened resource. It, yeah, I agree. Is, the, is it the Japanese that talk about taking forest baths, forest bathing? Yeah. Which is just a walk in the woods? It's a walk in the uh, woods. Yes, Shinrin-yoku. Okay. I love that. Shinrin-yoku? Yes, which basically just this, means Charlie, we're learning. go into the what? forest and don't not be in the forest. There you go. You know, you know what's amazing, Charlie, and I'm really glad you're on today because in my own personal life, the, the political world is driving me crazy. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I tend to be a libertarian. And I would like all the people to be served by our politicians, not just the people they feel like serving. But what I, I and I so therefore I, on the morning show that I do and on this show, I got kind of crabby for a few months, you know. You crabby. And what I did is I started taking long walks. Like sometimes, I I walk for three hours in a day. I just take long walks. It has changed my attitude completely. I'm nowhere near as crabby as I was. And I sit back and I go, well, you know, why don't we take a look at both sides or all sides of this issue? Um, I guess what I'm doing by by taking those walks is is kind of allowing all of the information to sink in rather than str- trying to keep up with digital is not going to happen for me. Uh, I can't think that quickly. Sorry, I just can't do it. But I don't think anybody else can either. Is that true? Nobody can. And, I, and, and what you've done is very close to what I strongly recommend in the book. Yeah. I talk about yeah. specific listening exercises and the way that it works is you take five minutes close your eyes and consciously listen to the sounds that you can hear 
if it's a bird or if it's a wind in the trees or whatever it is. But that, that form of listening is, in fact, a meditation. And when you spend as little as five minutes a day, it's, it actually recalibrates your brain so that when you get in the crisis, chaos situation and you have to make a decision, you can make smarter decisions because you're already in tune with yourself. You've, you've caught up in this fast-paced world, and you're not behind the eight ball all the time. You know, it's amazing that you put it that way, Charlie, because that's exactly how it felt to me that I had kind of reset my brain. Turns out that I did. Yeah, and that's exactly, you and I experienced the same thing. You started going for walks to calm down. I approached it a little differently. I don't know if you looked at it, but my background was in news, and I worked in radio for many years. And what I started doing is I was talking back to the news, and I was going like, oh, my God, what were they thinking? I mean, how could they be so stupid? That's the dumbass thing. I, I can't believe they did that. And as I got more and more frustrated, I got the idea that I should talk to other people about mistakes and their mistakes. So I started going out and surveying people randomly walking up to strangers and saying, excuse me, I'm working on a project. Would you mind helping me out? Most people say, well, what is it? You know, what do you want? I say, Could you, would you share with me a mistake that you've made? And, oh, my Lord, I thought that, you know, I was going to go crazy at that point because people looked at me <laughs> as if I was asking to read the labels in their underwear. I mean, they contorted their bodies and screwed around every which way. Their faces all puckered sure. up, and they went, oh, oh, oh. You know, nobody wanted to talk about mistakes. Yet they're all around us, and everybody knows we learn more from our mistakes than we do from our accomplishments. But here they were running away from even a discussion of what they made, might have done wrong. And that was the inspiration for the book. You know, it's, I, I'm not a real religious person, Charlie. I will tell you that up front. I grew up Roman Catholic, went to Catholic school, but I'm not, I'm not all that religious. I don't, I don't uh, you know, if, if someone believes, I hold nothing against them. If it helps them live their life, and, and I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know if there is or is not a God. I'm not that smart, and neither is anyone else. But it did feel to me kind of what you're talking about. It felt to me like kind of a religious experience, just walking and going, oh, my God, I'm out here by myself. I can think about whatever I wish to think about. And it, it kind of felt that way that it would, you know, how some people just try to live a life of gratitude or they, you know, being in the now and that kind of thing. It, it's kind of what we're talking about here, just being in the now instead of your mind racing through everything. That, but, but that's how it felt to me. It was very, very calming. You and I are definitely kindred spirits because I have the same reaction. I don't want to preach to anybody and say, you should believe the way I do or think the way I do right. or talk the way I right. do or act the way I do because I'm not selling any, any specific notion of how we should live our lives. However, I believe really strongly, and I think there's a, a ton of evidence to support the theory that each of us has a best self. There are, there's a, a person, and I, I, I stumbled on this too, I was doing some seminars on personal branding, and I came up with this little, uh, I don't know what you call it, quiz or game or contest, whatever, but it was, I guess it's a proof scientifically. I said, write down three words or phrases that describe yourself. 
you know, in it, they can be, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, or witty, <coughs> excuse me, clever, whatever. Any, any kinds of things, or honest, trustworthy, hardworking. Okay, mm-hmm. write down three words or phrases that describe yourself. And then go to a loved one or a friend or someone that really knows you well and ask them to give you three words or phrases to describe you. And what happens is maybe you get one. Some people get two. Nobody gets three. So all of a sudden we have this proof that the way we see ourselves is not the, is not the person that we're projecting to the outside world. And that's a problem. So if you want to be the person that you think you are, or if you want to be the person that you want to be, you need to take specific steps to get in sync with who you really are. And, and that's, the, that's the bottom line, again, a motivation for trying to uh, capture some of these uh, listening exercises and thoughts for the day and ways to go about, common sense ways to go about living your life so that uh, Tom can be Tom and be the best Tom that he can be, and Charlie can be Charlie, the best Charlie he can be. And we may be very similar or we may be very dissimilar, but if mm-hmm. you're doing your best and I'm doing my best, the world is a better place. Uh, there's no question about that. I also am very, very lucky in that Catherine and I got married many, many years ago, and I will never forget this. I have had rage issues my whole life. Grew up in a family. You know, my father's mentally ill. He had schizophrenia, and we were very poor. So I do have rage issues, and that's why I stopped drinking alcohol, actually. But um, what's funny about that is I met Catherine, and about a month or two, she didn't even know me all that well, but somebody did something, and I can't remember what it was because it was 37 years ago now. Uh, they did something, and I got really angry, and Catherine reached over and started petting me. And it worked like a charm. The fact that she would care enough to kind of pet my shoulder and go, don't worry about it, everything will be fine, that really helped me. Uh, I guess once in a while you just get lucky. Like, uh, you know, meeting Catherine and knowing the, the, the people that I know, having you on today, because I've been wondering, we just had a week off the morning show and then a couple weeks off of this show, and I've been sitting around thinking about that as we go go forward in life now. How can I make life a better thing for me and everybody around me? Because, again, I gotta I gotta keep an eye on that that temper. I really do. But it's talking to people like you. It's like, yeah, no, Tom, you and I are kindred spirits. We're 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 good to go. Everything's fine. Of course, we're both in radio, so that ruined our lives. But other than that, you know. Yeah, and uh, Tom, I'm going to share with you. My mother said to me, and my my mother is a great influence in my life. She said a lot of incredible things. Um, one of which I, th- I think we can say here. Can I say a BS word? Um, you can say whatever she, you want, sir. Whatever you want. Okay. She she said, "Don't get carried away with your own bullshit," but but which is one of my favorite phrases. And there's no way to change it <laughs> yes. into any other language to make it make more sense than that. But she also said, "Charlie, you could accomplish great things in your life if you learn to control your temper." Because just right. like you, I had rage issues. Maybe not to the extreme you did, but I used to absolutely get uncorked. Yeah, yep. And it's a complete waste of time. Complete waste of time getting uncorked like that. Now, yep. were you raised mostly by your mother? Was she around more than your dad? 
Well, my dad died when I was 12. We grew up in northern there Wisconsin, so not too far from where you are there. And, um, right. Yeah, I mean, and I basically I raised myself. But what's amazing to me is I made that guess, just not, not based, because you and I don't, I, you know, I've talked to you once before. I don't know if you remember that or not, but uh, we've talked before. But I, I, I just, the way I can tell by the way a man comports himself, the way he talks to other people, if he was, his biggest influence was his mother or his father. I can tell that every time. It's amazing. And that's why you, you talked about you and me being kindred spirits. I was raised by my mother because my father was institutionalized. So I can pick up on that. It's like, no, that's, that's a, lot, a lot of influence from a woman, which is a really good thing for men, by the way. You bet. I just think it's terrific. I, I think the whole message is great. I love uh, the fact. Oh, by the way, where did, where did you work in radio? Um, I started out in Wisconsin, and I worked in uh, Appleton. Rhinelander is my hometown. I, I worked in Appleton oh, okay. and Madison and Milwaukee. And then I uh, ended up in Miami for a while. Then I went to San Francisco, and I ran a, a big CBS news operation in San Francisco. And then I got promoted to right. be a VPGM. Right. And I worked in L.A., and then I ran stations in San Diego, and I ran the big news talk station, Carol D. in Dallas. So yeah. I, I, uh, I, I covered a lot of uh, geography, all in warmer climates. Uh, amazing how that happened. <laughs> How'd that ever happen? So did you, you were on the air, though, too, weren't you? Yeah, I was on the air in the beginning, and then I kind of got kicked upstairs. I, I, I have a funny radio story. I was working the afternoon drive shift at KCVS doing, as a news anchor, and, they, and I was uh, one of the three people in the station that could sign checks. So the bookkeeping department would come in during the shift, and I would be signing checks, piles and piles of checks, because it was before the uh, e-payments that we do today. And mm-hmm. I finally said, you know, I can't do this. I can't, I can't pay attention to what I'm signing my name to and uh, anchor the afternoon drive news at the same time. So I... I Took myself off the air and put a replacement in my spot and, uh, and kind of went the management path. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, Charlie, we need to take a very, very short break. Can you spend a few more minutes with us or do you have to go? Uh, no, I'm honored. I'd love to be with you. Okay, we'll just take a couple of minute break. We'll be right back. Charlie Serafin, One Stupid Mistake, Smart Decision Making in a Crazy World. And we're going to delve more into that whole thing, the crazy world and the smart decision making. I, I love it. We'll be right back. Charlie Serafin, Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. 
It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Was this Huey Lewis? Yeah. Mm, I thought so. I haven't heard this in a while. Ladies and gentlemen, one stupid mistake, smart decision making in a crazy world. Charlie Serafin, if you just did tune in, we've been talking about uh, the speed of things now, whether it's you know digital, our digital life, certainly our uh, our iPhone life, or you know whatever phone you do carry. It is amazing to me that. Well, let me put it this way, Charlie. I, uh, I, I also host a morning show. I've been doing the morning show at KQRS for 33 years now. And over that time, you meet these, uh, you know, certain kind of people. And, and you kind of just, uh, you learn a lot about, uh, do, I guess I should ask this as a question instead of a statement. Do you learn to not make stupid mistakes by watching other people make them? Absolutely. One of the best ways, and that's, again, not to over push the book, but I'm, that's kind of my function these days. I've written yeah. a lot of short stories about people making decisions. And as we look at somebody else's decision, it, it, it's a little bit more, uh, it's easier for us than it is to really do that self-examination, although we have to get to that. So in the beginning, you start reading the story, and you read a story about Tom or a story about Joe or Sam or Mary or Sally, and you're reading it, and you know how it's going to end. You can see that the writing's on the wall. They're doing this. They're doing that. This is going to, it's not going to end up well. And then all of a sudden, it, but I've had people tell me that have read the book, they said, after I got to about the third or fourth story, all of a sudden I didn't pay attention to the name that was on it because I was in that story because I've done the yeah. same kind of thing. Mm. And so the, to answer the question, do you learn from other people's mistakes, that's a basic premise. And so if you, can, if you can make it a little bit less personal and you can look at other people's mistakes, you really can learn from them. And that's the benefit of this, the format that I adopted uh, as opposed to just writing all about myself or trying to preach to you and tell you, be careful you don't do this and don't do that and don't do the other. Instead, it's like, well, here's what happens when you do that, and here's an, a real-life example of how that happens. Yeah, you know, I, I think this book, 
We're talking to Charlie Serafin about one stupid mistake, smart decision-making in a crazy world. I think a lot of times people, I'm hoping anyway, that everybody wants to live a better life and a more peaceful life. But sometimes when people are, you know, they're looking for that one thing to, to kind of point them in the right direction. But books about gratitude and, you know, living a whether it be a religious life or whatever it is, that's such a big leap for people. Do you see your book as kind of like a bridge between the person and something like a like a a book based a book based on, based on you know, attitude or gratitude or whatever? I mean, to me, you kind of like filled in the gaps. I think. Yeah, it's it's just it's, look. Anybody could have written this book. You could have written this book. Uh, half the people listening could have written the book. It's not that it's some brilliant academic scholarly thing. It doesn't have a lot of big words. It doesn't have a lot of big concepts. But it grew out of a, number one a legitimate desire on my part to help people who are struggling. And I don't, you know, sometimes you take a chance and you do something and you think, gee, I sure hope that. It works out. I hope they take it the right way. I, you know, I, I hope they're they appreciate, you know, what I've done, and they're not insulted by it. You know, we we have all, all kinds of uh, concerns when we do things in life, and so I took a chance and I put it out there. But if you let me, I'd like to tell a real quick story about the very beginning when I I got the advanced copies of the book, and I was mailing them out to some people around the country to get them to you know give me some feedback, and I went mm-hmm. into the post office. And I took a copy of the book, and I put it up on the scale so I would know how much postage I'd need every time we needed to Mm -hmm. mail out one of these books. And the woman behind the counter at the post office looked at the cover, and she said, I need that book. And I just looked at her, and I said, really? And she said, yes, I have a terrible time making decisions. I agonize over my decisions for months. After I make a decision, I agonize for a couple more months after that, I've been married and divorced three times. I'm estranged from my adult children. They don't talk to me. Oh, and my life oh. is just a mess. And I think it's because I make a lot of bad decisions. And so I said, look, I got to mail this one out, but I'm going to bring some, I'm going to bring you a book. I'll bring it back for you. And I'd love to have you read it and, you know, give me some feedback. So I brought her a book, and a couple weeks later, I saw her again at the post office behind the counter, went up to her window and said, hey, how are you doing? Did you ever get a chance to look at the book? And she said, oh, my God, I read it the first day, you know, in probably about two hours, and I've gone back, and I'm reading one chapter a day for 21 days, just like you suggested, and it's just awesome. I just love the book. I said, oh, well, thank you so much. So I went on, and we actually moved. We were in Florida, and we moved out to California. And I got an email from her, and she said, Dear Charlie, I have to tell you, I am so glad I read your book. I threw out my dead boyfriend that I've been living with for the past couple years, (laughs) sold the house, I'm going back to school, and I have reconciled with my children, and I'm really looking forward to spending the holidays with them. Jeez, those are big changes. So yeah, she did all, it, all of this. Is, like, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't. T- there's nothing about any of that in the book. It's just that sometimes we need that little reminder, that little kick in the butt, you know, spiritually, men- mentally, physically, whatever it is. To, and we know, we know better. Each of us has our, we know what we're supposed to do. 
that was the other question that I started asking people after they wouldn't answer about mistakes. I said, do you have a little voice inside you that tells you when you're about to do something you know you shouldn't do? And every single person said yes, because we all have it. We all have that little thing. You can call it your conscience or you can call it your whatever. And people that say, well, I don't call it my quiet little voice. I call it this, I call it that. I, okay, great. But you have it. But if you don't use it, what good is it to have it? No, I think it's, and that's exactly what I meant, Charlie, but when I said this book is kind of a bridge to those other kinds of books, I think she she went from where she was, read your book, and it led her to, to getting rid of her deadbeat boyfriend. I mean, you got her to the doorstep, and then she broke the door down and went through. I think that's very, very important, because in a lot of cases, people pick up these big, huge books, and they try to read, and they go, oh, God, I can't I can't do this whole, uh, it's just going to be too much, or else they, they pick up a book about uh, living a happy life and, the life and happiness, all the rest of it, and uh, the first thing they say in the first paragraph in the, in the book is, you need to meditate for three hours a day. Well, people don't have that kind of time. So that intimidates them, and they're not going to do that. Doing it the way you talk about doing it, kind of really understanding who you are, makes you much better uh, to other people as well. And you make much better decisions because you understand who you are now, which is very cool, I think. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, again, it's simple. It's not a, it's, this is not a heavy-duty. You know, right. Go to the self-help section of a, a Barnes & Noble bookstore. And, and find the bestsellers and pick them up. They're all written by PhDs or people who are psychologists, and they're brilliant, and they have brilliant suggestions, but it's kind of like going back to school. You know, it's so much work to read sure. one of these self-help books because it, that's a, it's a chore in and of itself. You really have to have discipline in order to do it. But with this little book, it's just so simple, and you'll laugh at it because it's got funny little stories about people doing stupid little things, and we all make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but it just mm -hmm. puts it in the context that if you, when you make a mistake, own it. Think about it. Spend a little time with it. If, you're, if, you, if you think about uh, what I said earlier, that mistakes are how we learn. We learn more from our mistakes than we do from our accomplishments, but we just don't take time to to resonate with those mistakes to really own them and feel them and go oh man yeah what exactly was i thinking when i did something really stupid so that next time when i have that situation in front of me i'm going to react to it completely differently and not keep repeating repeating the same dumb mistakes Charlie, I have to ask you a question about your bio because it's fascinating to me. First of all, as I said, I've been on the KQ Morning Show for 33 years. I love to interview people. I've pretty much talked to just about everybody on the planet, except for you talk to somebody I never got a chance to talk to. I mean, Charlie's interviewed people like Ronald Reagan, Yogi Berra, Dr. Benjamin Spock, Barbara Bush, Mother Teresa. What was it like interviewing David Koresh? Who? Um... That was a, one of the toughest ones that I ever did. I suppose he was yes. uh, delusional, and yep. because he wasn't really in the, he was he was so far out. And I've talked to a lot of, uh, you say this word affectionately, and I don't want to be politically incorrect, but I've talked to a lot of crazies, 
I used to, in oh, San yeah. Francisco, we had a woman named Cosmic Lady who used to call up, and she would tell me about her journey back, and she had visited different planets and different solar systems, and she sure. was kind of out there, but she was kind of fun and harmless. Um, Koresh was somebody who was sleeping with 11- and 12-year-old girls and impregnating them and, and uh, brainwashing a bunch of followers and, and led them all to a fiery death. But uh, that was a, it was a scary time, and it was hard to stay... I, I just kept trying to get back to saying, David, um, you know, you got small children in there. We need to let them go. It's getting late. It was on the night of the shootout, the first night of the standoff. And, um, and he wouldn't respond when I called him David because he, he preferred to be referred to as Lamb. So, you know, as a good lamb, interviewer, sure. I call him Lamb. I don't care. You want to be Lamb? I'll call you Lamb. And he would actually right. stop and listen and respond as long as I addressed him as Lamb. God, what an amazing story that! Uh, how how did you set up that interview? Was it brought to you? Did you go after it? How, how did he end up on uh, being interviewed by you? He he picked the station that I was running KRLD Dallas at the time, and he picked KRLD okay. as his for whatever reason. So when the shootout first happened, he asked the, through the communication with the ATF. He asked if they would KRLD to broadcast the fact there was a ceasefire. So that the world would know and his people would be down, and he was a little paranoid anyway. And I guess you should be after you just battle with the federal agency. But uh, So they came to us, ATF came to us initially. And then after that, we knew that they were listening to our station inside the compound. And so they were mm-hmm. relaying messages through the ATF to us. Then eventually, uh, Steve Schneider, who was Russia's right-hand man, called into the station. And I talked to him for a while. He was actually from Wisconsin. And my age and grew oh, up uh, okay. probably uh, 50 miles south of where I did. Um, and then he handed the phone over to Crash, and I ended up talking to Crash. God, what an amazing story. Great story. Great conversation, Charlie. Charlie Serafin, S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N. One stupid mistake, smart decision-making in a crazy world. Thank you for giving so much of your time to us today. Fascinating stuff, and I think... This is going to help a lot of people because it's not overwhelming in any way to anyone, so they'll actually read it. That's the good thing. Yeah, it's a, you know, we, we, talk, we talk a lot about New Year's resolutions and how hard they are and people come up with all mm-hmm. these things that they want to do. I think the simplest thing that you can do is have the resolution to be conscious and to try to be your best self and to really focus on to bring out all the goodness that you have inside of you and letting the outside that on a regular basis. And you can't do it if you always have chaos in your own chaotic environment and you're on social media. The first thing you do and wake up in the morning is go to your smartphone and the first thing, last thing you do at night is, you know, put on some television to go to speed by or whatever. It doesn't work. You've got to get some quiet or you find peace. 100% true. Charlie, thank you very much again, sir. Have a wonderful day. My pleasure. Thank you. Charlie Serafin, ladies and gentlemen. Do you guys, did you get as much out of that as I did? It, it, what he's talking about is very simple. It's not going to overwhelm. Like I said, a lot of these self-help books, you pick them up, you go, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, well, like he was talking about these, you know, educators, you know, I, that's that's their specialty. So they they right. make it an, an, an intellectual mm. pursuit instead of an emotional one. Yeah, they make and most it, of this is just 
Oh, go ahead, Catherine. Uh, it, instead of making it emotional, because, I mean, that's what rage comes from, or right. misplaced yeah. emotions. Right. Dad made me watch this show. Oh, my God, this movie. Oh, we got to take a break. Oh, I'm sorry. When we come back, we'll have Kostaki, and then I want... I wanted you to talk about Once We're Warriors. Oh, don't ever watch that movie. <laughs> ever, ever. One of the greatest movies ever. of all I'm time. I'm still traumatized. One of the greatest movies of all time. No, no it's not. It's about <laughs> Maoris who cannot adjust to uh, the society in Australia or New Zealand and live in the, the life they want to live. It's about a woman marrying a, psych, a psycho just talk to about piss off her rage family. issues. Woo! He had some rage issues. We'll be right back. Kostaki will join us. Catherine will tell her once we're warrior story, and Kostaki will love that anyway. Be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Ooh, good music today. Mm-hmm. All apologies. I will deliver all apologies because it's not my fault that Kostaki Economopolis is on to do quick snaps. I thought you were going to for sure say, speaking of warriors. Yeah, speaking of warriors. Oh. I think better. <laughs> I think this is Par- Parky's uh, theme song for the Ooh. rest of the year. Oh, yeah. that was a rough one. It was blocked, technically. <laughs> yeah, it was so. tipped. It was, yes. It was, so that's oh, not his that's fault. Brutal. <laughs> can you Indeed. can you drown yourself in a deep dish pizza? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, I think you can. Chicago style, probably yeah, you true. can. <laughs> probably true. I would imagine that's probably true. Um, the Bears really hit their goals this year. Yeah. <laughs> Seven times. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Okay, never mind. I'm going to sit back and just listen because I enjoy uh, it. It's not just the Vikings that suck. That's right. The Bears had kicker problems, which I believe makes them honorary Vikings. So. Yeah. It does, yeah. Yep. We know how they feel. Yeah. It's that true. game ended on a missed field goal that hit both the upright and the crossbars. They should give you a point for that. Yeah. That's not easy. To find a player disappointed fans by hitting a bar like that, you got to go back to Johnny Menzel. Am I right, everybody? (laughs) Hitting the bar. 
There we go with the hit in the bar. I like it. Cody Parkey just hit another bar. This time it was a Bennigan. It's going to be a tough year. <laughs> are there still Bennigans? Did you just make that up? I think there are. I don't, know. I don't even know if they're Applebee's. even around anymore. Applebee's. Yeah, there's chilies. Yeah, Applebee's. For sure That's there's Applebee's. That's very funny. I like that a lot, actually. I do. I just like uh, that. Chargers beat the Ravens. Uh, for most of the game, the Ravens offense was running around blind out there. I think they took the bird box challenge or something. Blind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I have a question for you. Uh, the, the, the final four, to, before you go into the Super Bowl, what are they going to do if both the Chargers and the Rams are half of that final four and they have to play both games at home because of, you know, positioning of the teams and wins and losses. And a game has to be played on a Sunday. What are they going to do? Well, this year they've got a solution because the big stadium that they will share next year isn't done yet. So right. the home field right. for the Chargers is a wackadoo little soccer field. Um, but that's a good question going forward. If both of those teams are good the next few years, I don't know. You know, what are they going to do? We gonna okay? You get the early game, or do I get the late game, or how are we going to do that? Yeah, I don't know, man. Getting all those people in and out of the stadium—that's got to be impossible. I then, then that too. Of theoretically, like an issue in New York, but never come up. <laughs> right, and then they got to like change out all of like the on-field logos and stuff like that. It's not just a oh, quick yeah. shuffle people in and out. Oh. It's, all the setup takes time. Right. Amazing. I didn't even think about this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I like the Chargers. Uh, you know, they're they're going to New England this week. So we're all Chargers fans this weekend, right? Yeah, pretty much. The, the Falcons, much. Giants, and Browns are all out. But my favorite team, whoever is playing the Patriots, still very much alive. <laughs> I, I hope it's Absolutely true. I know. Uh, 37-year-old Philip Rivers against 41-year-old Tom Brady. I, yeah. I think that's Dilf porn, that game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rivers is definitely a dad. You know what, nine kids? <laughs> He's I got definitely a dad. <laughs> He's the most dad there is. Uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady, they're playing the early games Monday because dinner is at 430. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, watch it with the jokes about age, okay? Be careful. <laughs> hey, they're both younger than I am. <laughs> Yeah, I know, man. It's just how it is. Cowboys beat the Seahawks. The Cowboys are like when Steve Buscemi got a Golden Globe. They won ugly. (laughs) (laughs) True, though. It is true. You're right. Uh, uh, At the end of that game, Tyler Lockett was wide open. I'd expect better coverage in AT&T Stadium. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. (laughs) Gruesome uh, leg injury for Alan Hearns, Cowboy wide receiver. If you need me, I'll be sitting down for the rest of my life. I don't want to. I don't want to risk that. That was his ankle was so smashed and backwards. The Falcons tried to hire it as their offensive coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like the reference. (laughs) But the Bengals named it head coach. Okay. Uh, Kicker Sebastian Janikowski pulled a hammy. It looked like he ate a couple hammies too. Uh, yeah, he's after the game, a big, he's a big fella. Yeah. Did he? Did he pull a hammy and cheese? 
<laughs> he was a first-round pick in 2000. 17th overall, first-round kicker, six picks after Ron Dane. 182 spots ahead of Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. He's been playing a long time. To put it in 90s terms, when Janikowski was drafted, Monica and Chandler weren't even married yet. Oh, oh well. Yeah. Janikowski's NFL career is so old, Art Kelly has no interest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Zeke Elliott said in the postgame interview that Dax Prescott is a grown-ass man. See, that's the importance of emphasis. If he had said grown-ass man, that's Joe yeah. Mark. It's a totally different person. Oh, I like that. That works for me. <laughs> I'm getting some crazy feedback. I, I'm hearing my joke back to me like a half a second later. It's driving me. <laughs> that's I have no idea why. You sound why. good to us. Yeah. Well, we got to figure oh, really? out why, I, because it... I'm... All right. Mm. Uh, Colts beat the Texans. So the Texans seceded from the playoffs. That game was like Tom yep. Cruise and Katie Holmes. Never close. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Texans haven't been this disappointed since they banned bump stocks. They are bummed out down there. What? Oh, and, and what happened to Texans. the Texans' pass rush? He should have to change his name to JJ. What the f? What happened? What there? happened? Deshaun what Watson happen? had a bad game. Holmes and Watson got better reviews. Oh, that's not <laughs> possible. <laughs> Colts. Uh, I saw a, a Geico caveman ad during one of these games, or was it a clip of Andrew Luck? It's very hard to keep it straight. <laughs> Is he still got? If that the Colts win the Super Bowl, will Andrew Luck, uh, will that beard style catch on? Uh, that, that's no. the first time Andrew Luck has ever appeared in a sentence with the word style. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame the. It's a shame the Amish aren't watching these games. I think they'd be inspired. It'd be good. <laughs> Maybe. You know the you know the difference between the Amish and Andrew Luck. Luck can drive eighty yards. <laughs> God. The Amish should have been allowed to watch the Texans, though. They had no electricity at all. Where do you get the Amish comedy? Come on. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, that whole team comedy. has crazy beards. You got the quarterback, the coach, the kicker. They look like a ZZ Top cover band. <laughs> Who, who's the cult spirit animal? Mumford and Sons? <laughs> you know, I, I've always loved the fact that in ZZ Top, the only guy without a beard is Frank Beard. Yep. I love that. It's ironic. Know, that's because yeah. he's already got the that's name. Great. He doesn't need it. That's great writing. Yeah, I got a beard. It's built in. Uh, and I got to cover this thing that Catherine sent me. This is great. Did you Did you guys play this clip or discuss this Melvin Gordon taped a conversation he had with his Uber driver? No, I, I played Loved. it for Tom last it's, night, though. It's great. So Melvin Gordon's sitting in the back seat. The driver doesn't know who it is, and he just starts complaining about the Chargers. <laughs> so Melvin yes. starts recording it. And he's sort of like he's bashing Philip Rivers, and Melvin defends him and says he's a Hall of Famer. And then he asks him, like, how about that Melvin Gordon kid? And, and he goes, the driver actually was like, no, he's special, you know, kind of on the way to some more complaining. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was great. great. I thought he was really, you know, generous and 
signed a thing yeah. for the guy and posed for a selfie. It was really funny. It was, it's a great. That, it reminds me. This is true. When I was an MC at the Atlanta Punchline one time, I was in the stall peeing after the show, and some people came in and were talking about the show, and they said the show is pretty good. But they didn't like the first guy. <laughs> I'm right next to them. <laughs> behind the thing. Like, all right. Did you pee on their shoes? <laughs> Here's another one. When I was in, uh, years ago, I, I did the uh, Pittsburgh Funny Bone. And there was a bar, like a, it was inside of an old mall, old, old train station kind of thing. And across the street, across the hall, kind of, from the comedy club was a bar. And they had a huge marquee, like a ridiculously big marquee. And my name was on the marquee. And I was in the bar with the middle act in between shows. And uh, these two women at the bar were complaining about my name (laughs) and saying how stupid it was to have such a long name. And so the other comic and I chimed in. We're like, yeah, well, you're in show business. You know, no one's going to remember that crap. That's a ridiculous name. And then when I went on stage, they were in the front row, and they had not seen me yet. And it was such a great (laughs) moment. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's you. Oh, that's funny. I got. I'm looking for an email here, and I got. I hope I can find it because it's. Oh, yeah. It was one of my favorites of all time. Speaking of your name. Speaking of your name, ah, uh, God, my my accountant sent me like here. Yeah, here we go. Uh, after looking at your books, here are the entities that went above the $600 threshold. The first one was listed <laughs> as. You ready? Const. Const. Constani Elandmopoulos. <laughs> oh, that's a new one. Const- yeah. Constani Elandmopoulos. I like Constani. That's I'm a wondering good name. If spell check did that or. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Cassie, you're in huge trouble oh, because it's lists you twice Winifred Plummer and Winifred Schrader. Oh, so awesome. you better cough up more taxes, sister. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 oh, but I love it. Constani Elandmopoulos. Yeah, I loved it. Elon. <laughs> Elandmopoulos. I've never heard that one. <laughs> Elandmopoulos. That works for me. I love I'll it. I'll take it. So, you, take do it. you have a pick? So, who are you rooting do for you now? Pick? You. I was ro- I was rooting for Chiefs Bears Super Bowl, so I got to amend that. I guess uh, I don't know. Chiefs Rams, I guess. That's those. Those are great teams. Lots of offense. It'd be a fun Super Bowl, I think. Right? Anything but the did Patriots. You, I don't care. Did you see that that little exercise that Pat Mahomes Jr. was doing, where he would throw the ball across his body without looking at a barrel? Yes. And put the damn yes. thing. In, that was unbelievable. He could yeah, make that it? kid is yes. something. Wow. Yeah. I, the, he invented a whole new thing, the no-look pass. I never even heard of that till this year. Right? It's true. He's got the no-look pass, and he nails it almost every time. That is really – I guess they practice that so the receivers know that that's a possibility. <laughs> Good for him. He's not even looking at you. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. It, it was great fun. to watch, though. Oh, I hope, he, I hope he beats the Patriots if they, if they don't lose this week. I'll be rooting for them to lose – all of the next three games, if need be. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you guys root for now? Who do you want to see in the Super Bowl, Tom? I've, uh, actually, I'm rooting for United Van Lines to move the Vikings to another state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
the poor Vikings. They had it all together. All they needed was a quarterback, and they got one, and then it didn't work out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was poor, not. That guy Vikings, sucks. Really. <laughs> uh, Viking, Viking bastards. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Whatever. All right, we jump on board in the, on the bandwagon. Uh, whoever's playing the Patriots is playing this weekend. It's a it's a great team to root for. Go Chargers! Okay, we'll do that. We'll, we will do the Go Chargers. That'll be that. I'm following your lead. Whoever's although I really admire Tom Brady. You know, his mother and my mother were born in the same small town in Minnesota. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's about right. That. No, he's yeah, great. I, he's probably the best quarterback of all time. I'm not questioning the greatness. I'm saying enough already. Go away. That's all. <laughs> I know. I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. But you got to hand it to him. All right, you got a big I closer. Do. I love oh, it. Oh, I don't know. We're ready. Let's let's go with this one. Uh, some people want to see Nick Saban in the NFL, and those people are all of the other college football coaches. <laughs> yeah, you they got are that done right. with Nick Saban. He is good. He'll God. be playing this week too. Yeah, he is unbelievable. He is an amazing coach, a lot of fun to watch. And it's great to start off yet another year, 2019, with quick snaps by (laughs) Constani and Londmopoulos. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest name in football, comedy-ish. Elondmopoulos. That's even bigger. (laughs) That's all true. Hey, I just booked a... Hold on, I got a oh, plug. Wow. I just booked a gig at Acme in April. So everyone pencil that in. <laughs> Come oh, see April. me in April. No, if you're going to go. I'm sure you guys will be out go. of town. You're never in town when I'm there, especially you, Catherine. She runs away. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just she saying, guys, the last few years, I've come to Minneapolis. You're not in town. I don't know what's happening. It's something I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 23rd to like 27th. I'll be well, that's a good time. <laughs> uh, I'll be at the Acme Comedy Company, one of the best clubs in America. All right, guys. We will uh, go Chargers. Lot, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks Bye. a lot. Kostaki Economopolis and Quick Snaps, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show. 